Welcome to the I Hear Design podcast. My name is Adrienne Thompson, Associate Editor for Interiors and Sources. And today's episode is in partnership with Waka 9, a distributor of unique lighting fixtures from countries all around the world. So I'm actually joined by John Cook, who is the CEO and founder of the company. So John, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. You're welcome, glad to be here. Absolutely. So I know one thing that Waka 9 really focuses on with its products and processes is providing transparency for its customers and using safe and sustainable materials. I think what you're doing at Waka 9 really aligns with some of the top trends we've seen a major rise in over the past five or 10 years. And this is a focus on healthier, safer spaces and just creating more, a more sustainable product life cycle from beginning to end. And we've seen this really have an impact on projects that are now trying to incorporate green building standards like LEED, WELL, FITWELL, and others of the sort. So to kind of get us started on our conversation today, walk us through for our audience how Waka 9's Nine, decorative light fixtures promote these health and wellness standards and how they might be incorporated into a certified project such as WELL. Right, so um, in terms of the well building standard, um, when we look at that, we're actually looking at the version two. Um, it's, it's relatively new, there's a couple of different versions out there. And version two is comprised of 10, um, what the standard calls concepts. Um, so they're more than concepts, they're really practical uh, components of a project, of a space, if you would. Um, air, water, movement, sound, and the like. So there's 10 of those. And there are actually five um, components of that program that uh, our fixtures uh, align with. So decorative fixtures really align with. Um, so those features uh, are light, obviously. So illumination of spaces, uh, sound, uh, interestingly, change from version one to version two of the well standard. Um, called out sound as a category because I think acoustics and management of, of sound, one of the primary sensors is, is quite important. Uh, materials, uh, transparency of materials and, and understanding composition of products and the like is another component. And then there are uh, uh, additional more, much more focused on people, uh, movement, encouraging movement in spaces and then, and then mind. Um, in terms of uh, stress and uh, overall happiness um, of occupants of the space. So, so those uh, aspects are the ones that decorative fixtures um, can uh, contribute to. So quite specifically, uh, sound, Waka 9, we have a series of acoustic fixtures called Hush, designed by David Truebridge, featuring acoustic felt. Uh, very, very high performance from an acoustic standpoint as well as they illuminate the space. Uh, in terms of light in general, uh, our fixtures uh, are lamped with E26, uh, simple uh, E26 based uh, lamping, and um, not high output, more ambient light. However, um, the Hush fixture does have an LED uh, module, LED option, which is uh, at task quality. Um, but the whole light component in well is, is very important uh, to manage and you know there's code compliance with uh, certain levels of, of foot candles on a desk and all of those sort of things that lighting designers know about fixtures mm -hmm. uh, can contribute to that and I know um, 
yeah, you, so you checked off five out of the 10 categories and I know materials is also an important one as well. Hush is made from, what is it, 99% recycled water bottles? Uh, uh, that would be 65% uh, post well, well, I'm a little overshooting, but still a good <laughs> high percentage, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, and then you have other ones um, that are made from things like recycled diesel air engine filters, uh, glass, yeah. things like that. Kind of describe some of the materials that you use to, that you're recycling and repurposing. Right, so David Truebridge, um, we've been working with David for 10 years, uh, based in New Zealand. His bamboo uh, fixtures um, are from the food industry, interestingly enough, uh, from Asia. And so we all know bamboo is, is sustainable and grows fast and, and all of those kind of good things. Um, David's is actually a byproduct of the food industry where the bamboo is grown for shoots, for food, and then six years into the life of, of that particular uh, species, if you would, or variety of bamboo, it goes dormant and stops um, sprouting. So typically they would have cut it down and burned it in place, which is quite a, a simple agricultural technique. Uh, crops are often burnt after they're harvested. Uh, but in this case, you know, the, the, the trunks of the bamboo were significant, so they turned it into plywood. Um, David um, really developed the, the plywood uh, with, with the, the company in Asia uh, because it had to be very, very thin. Um, most bamboo you see is thick for flooring or tables or, or, or furniture, but David's need to be very thin uh, for the curvature required of the product. And then uh, uh, the next evolution is uh, to create that bamboo as uh, a red list free material. So bamboo ply is layers of veneer um, glued together um, with glue <laughs> and also cellulose uh, paper. So there's a sort of like a sandwich, if you would. And so Q3 uh, 2020, we should have a red list free bamboo. Wow. Uh, so so that's, that's David Tribuchy. Also, um, as importantly as what he's using uh, is what he's not using. So he's eliminated um, as much as possible uh, plastic from his uh, range and redesigning a number of fixtures uh, that will be bamboo or birch or, or other wooden veneers, which will be launching uh, in April next year, which is quite exciting. And David seems like a cool guy. I remember doing a story on him about a year ago, and he really just takes sustainability throughout the entire concept, including his facilities. And I mean, he has beehives and fruit trees on his property, but then I've also no facts like he trucks out, I think, the amount of garbage that an average kitchen household would do, a family of four, and that's what his entire company produced in a day, which is just amazing. Correct. I mean, he's the real deal. He's, he's you know, been green sustainable, environmentally conscious, you know, really almost his whole life. Um, and so, you know, the green movement sort of caught up to him, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, you know, he spent four years on a boat with uh, his wife and two boys and, you know, conservation of resources and, and sustainability and being compact, right? That's, that's, that's life on a boat. So, you know, no, no surprise that, that that really influenced him and, and, and has, you know, sort of manifested itself, if you would, in, in, in many aspects, if not all aspects of, of his, his life. And I know some of David's products and his fixtures have been included in certified projects, I believe, ASID's headquarters. Um, what Great, are some yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. What are some other examples of, I mean, we can talk about that one specifically or any other certified projects that Waka Nines Distributed Lights have been involved in? Right, so the, the ASID headquarters in Washington DC is a great project, so I would like to mention that because listeners uh, might want to check that out. Um, there's plenty written on, on the web, either the ASID uh, headquarters site itself, uh, sorry, the website itself. Um, I think Perkins Will was the architect. Um, there's Interiors and Sources magazine. You know, you guys <laughs> have written an article about it. So there's a lot of good data out there. We've got a lot of good images. And it's interesting because it's well platinum, as well as lead platinum. So the two do go together. Um, well, probably, you know, at a broad sort of level, focuses on the interior, the, the interior built space and people, whereas lead focuses on the, the building itself and, and its impact on, on the environment. Um, we've also been involved in a couple of other projects, um, Living Building Challenge project uh, called Heron Hall. It's actually a residence in uh, upstate um, Washington, you know, Pacific Washington, uh, in the Seattle area. Jason McLennan uh, is, a, is a actually an interesting guy. He's the founder uh, of the Living Future Institute and was one of the authors of the Well Building Standard. So his own personal home here in Hall is a live, living building challenge uh, residence. Uh, I think one of only about 10 uh, residential projects um, to date. And uh, David Trubich fixtures are in his um, residence, and, and you can check out our website. Uh, the case study area has Heron Hall as a case study. And then um, there's another project, uh, Etsy, E T S Y, you know, fairly well known brand um, in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. and, um, it wasn't a certified project, but it's still important because the, the project team, uh, I think it was Gensler and um, another lighting designer made the choice with the client to you know, be as green as possible. So um, you had to have what's called an environmental product declaration uh, to be on that fixture schedule. So um, I'm a big proponent of, of well building, um, but there are some realities of the standard right now and, and budget constraints and time restraint constraints where um, you know, full certification may not be possible. Um, can be cost prohibitive, but the principles are really good. So the, 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 the well building standards sort of like a compass or a checklist um, for designers to look at and, and get ideas, you know, and, and, and really it's about, for me, broadly speaking, doing, doing the right thing, you know, your client and the occupants of the space. Okay, John, so you've talked a little bit about David Truebridge, but I know you're involved with some other brands like Ango, Truck, I believe Fire and Ice is one of them. Can you just kind of describe some of the processes and materials they use as well? Yeah, right. So Stephen Pickus uh, from South Africa um, is uh, really a, a trash guy, uh, a, a trash collector, and he basically, he doesn't recycle things, he upcycles. So he extends the life of diesel engine air filters, uh, which he collects and, and cleans and disposes of the waste responsibly and turns those into uh, wonderful light fixtures. And then also uh, glass, he collects glass um, bottles, um, breaks them up and creates uh, wonderful light fixtures called fire and ice. So really extending the use of, of the resources. He's not recycling and grinding it down and, and creating a new product. He, he's basically extending the life of existing products. So, so real minimal energy use as well. And then Ango, uh, a range from Thailand, really um, is possibly the most natural uh, of all the brands, um, just using raw silk, 
silk cocoon, mulberry bark, rattan. So very, very natural raw materials and creating, you know, very wonderful handcrafted diffusers, organic shapes and the like. So, um, you know, all these companies uh, are really um, nature inspired and, and not only the product, but, but they're, they're really their being is, is about looking after Mother Nature. So looking to the future, you know, talking about some of these constraints and how it's not fully accessible to everyone, what do you think we, or where do you see the future heading to make it more easily accessible so these kinds of projects and materials are easy, more easily and readily available for both, you know, designers and the manufacturers who produce them? Right. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it is about the materials um, mainly um, and, and, you know, VOCs and, and red list and the like. Um, but I sort of liken it, if you would, to, to sort of organic food um, or even organic material like cotton and the like. So maybe 20, 25 years ago, it was, it was just emerging and, and maybe it was viewed by some as, as being a little bit more um, you know, obscure or outlier. Uh, whereas now, you know, organic food is, is much more prevalent. It's in, it's in your basic supermarket, if you would. It's even in, you know, 7-Elevens and convenience stores. You can get organic apples and stuff. So mm -hmm. I think that, you know, transparency of materials, what's in, um, you know, what's hanging from your ceiling, what are you sitting on, what are you walking on? Um, people are going to become more demanding of, 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 of information of knowing what those products are. So I think, you know, the, the movement towards sort of full disclosure, um, call it transparency, um, is, has started and is, is happening. Um, large companies, you know, that have budgets and, and, and that want to do the right thing by their employees and even make, you know, sort of statements, if you would. Uh, Google, uh, Facebook, uh, PayPal, I know all of those companies were involved in projects um, that that they're looking to have full transparency of of product. Yeah, and Waka Nine is clearly staying on top of the trend with what you guys are doing, which is awesome. So, John, thank you so much for joining us and telling our listeners more about how you can kind of create healthier spaces with your decorative light fixtures. We really appreciate you sharing us and telling us more. Thank you. Thanks, Adrian. Yeah, and so for anyone attending Design Connections 2.0 here in just a few weeks at the Kempton Rowan in Palm Springs, California, John will be there in person, Waka 9 will be there, you can learn more about his fixtures. You can also, of course, visit the website, waka9.com, to learn about the different materials they're using to create their unique lights. Um, again, thank you all for listening. We hope you join us again next time for another episode on I Hear Design.